This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. It's the most entertaining thing in the world. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. From schwitzing like a piece of tuna fish. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Why is Wilbert playing Leningrad? Because the choral arrangement, the singers in the background, being led by his music teacher, Chuck Arnold. In 1989, Billy Joel came back 20 years later to ask his music teacher to help him on that song. Teaching, handing down knowledge. It's so important, but it's also great when you see it done right. Right now, we're joined by one of my favorite foot and ankle surgeons in L.A., the great Dr. Tim Charlton. Tim, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Uh, good morning. Great to be here. So, listen to this soundbite of Billy Joel talking about his music teacher. And I want you to tell me, when he says it was more than the topic, as a teacher, he hooked me because he was able to convey more than the subject he was supposed to be teaching. And uh, But I did try to go to music history because it wasn't just about music or history. It was about the sweep of humanity. I mean, it was so interesting to learn about, the, you know, why Beethoven's music was resonated so much during the Napoleonic era. I mean, this is great stuff. Real, real humanity passing, you know, uh, through, through your head and understanding why music was so important in history. The sweep of humanity. William Hamilton, your teacher, begins an essay called Surgical Anatomy of the Foot and Ankle. Talk about sweep of humanity with this sentence. A Chinese fortune cookie reads, If you want to forget your troubles, wear tight shoes. Certainly we take our feet for granted. How could you start a manuscript about surgical anatomy of the foot and ankle with a Chinese proverb? Nobody else does that. But William Hamilton did, and he was your teacher. Dr. Charlton, tell us what it was like to be around a great teacher. Well, it's funny because you mentioned that Frank Netter uh, book, and Frank Netter in our world was sort of the Picasso or the Rembrandt of medical pictures. Every medical student had that book. So it, it was like Picasso asked Mozart to do a piece. It was watching a master on so many levels, like mm. that music teacher that Billy Joel said. Mm. Uh, you're, you're, you're just seeing not just the foot, not just orthopedics. It was sort of more of a dynamic and a philosophy of life. It was an extraordinary experience. I spent a day with him. He's not even my fellowship director. I'm not doing foot and ankle exclusively like you do. I see it as a general orthopedic surgeon. But somehow, some way, that day that I spent with him, the very fact that he came to the hip surgery for one of his ballerinas meant, man, this guy really cares about her. And to be there all day to see exactly what was happening. And he's not standing to the side. He's scrubbing into the hip surgery, which he's not doing. It was, it told yeah. me so much about him. So take us through. Tell us about Bill Hamilton. What was he really like? Well, he he was an amazing guy. He was tall. I'm I'm pretty tall. I'm six two. He was probably six three, six four. 
a big, big guy. Uh, he played self-described bad football at Princeton, uh, fancy school, but he was from Louisiana, Baton Rouge. So he was he was this sort of walking paradox in the fact that he was sort of this, he could tap into his country doctor element, and then he could tap into his Ivy League element, mm. depending on the situations. But what was really sort of in the 80s, 90s, and, and early 2000s, he was sort of the go-to doctor uh, for sports. Every any, any person who had an injury uh, athlete would be on the short list on a, on a plane to New York and be on his clinic the next day. But his passion was dance medicine. He sort of founded dance medicine. Right down the street in midtown Manhattan was the American Ballet Theater and New York City Ballet, two of the you know, the Yankees and the Dodgers equivalent uh, of, of teams for dance. And he just happened to meet George Balanchine, and they became fast friends. And he started doing orthopedics for dance. And the next thing you know, he's the dance medicine guru. And he was really committed to all of these dancers like they were, I mean, they were his friends for sure. So it's not surprising to hear that he just scrubbed in on a, hip replacement for his friend that would be very common you know that's what he, who he was in the manuscript again high-tech stuff but listen and i just want your opinion of how he is spinning your wheels in your head to get a point across evolution and embryology during the course of evolution the grasping monkey-like foot of our ancestors completely changed to allow an upright posture and habitual bipedalism. The human foot differs from that of other primates in three basic ways. One, the human foot has both longitudinal and transverse arches. Two, the human foot is a rigid structure with strong ligamentous support. And three, it has lost its role as a grasping organ. Many people, however, have foot types that revert back to the simian or prehensile foot with loss of the arches, hypermobility, and medial deviation and flexibility of the first ray to grasp. Oh, my God. He's not just telling you this is a club foot, this is a fusion, this, or all the different. You lost your arches, Charcot foot, a higher. He's going back to being a monkey. He's taking you through evolution. So the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. He's seeing deeper than any other teacher you're going to ever have when he's explaining to you the pathology of Sylvia Weinberg and her bunion. It's funny. You quote Ronawat saying the eyes don't see what the mind does not know. And Ronawat might have been quoting Bill Hamilton. So we're going to have to figure out who said that. <laughs> uh. Very funny. So you're taking all of this complex stuff and the fact that we were at some point monkeys and fish and whales and things like that back in our day, and it's pretty complex and not everyone really has the interest or capacity to learn that stuff. So if they were not of you know that interest, he would just say, well, the Will Rogers School of Genetics, you plant a potato, you get a potato. <laughs> Let me tell you firsthand... You know, now you're an elder statesman, Dr. Tim Charlton, and, and one of the best teachers we have at Cedars. What what was it like to watch him teach and coach? 
Well, he was very much like the the late John Wooden. I mean, he really sort of had all of those virtues, all of that real sort of penetrating legacy of teachers teaching. Mm. And you hear coaches now talking about wisdoms of John Wooden and passing them down to students, very much like Olajuwon passing down a Yao Ming. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a teacher to Olajuwon who taught him that mm-hmm. and someone who was real important in his life. And he was the John Wooden of certainly a foot and ankle, but I mean, even if he's, he's teaching Ranawat that word, who knows who said it first, but still the point being is that like John Wooden's words came out mm. and it was the thing that was really fascinating of spending a fair amount of time with him. I spent a lot of time in my training was my experience was sort of a be seen and not heard type of working relationship. So I wasn't really talking, but it gave me the opportunity to listen mm. and to see him talk to patients and see which words were going to penetrate, which words words were going to work. And he would essentially run plays. He would be, you know, if he had a patient who could handle technical stuff, he'd give him technical stuff. Hmm. He had a patient who could handle sort of basic stuff and, and didn't want the technical, he would switch gears and drop into his, his country doctor mode. And it was just wonderful to see which chess moves he was going to use, because after a little while, you knew his set of plays. Hmm. And then you would see patient like playing the defense reading the defense you're like oh here's play x and he would play play x and it would work and you go yep that's why he's the master do you find yourself doing that with your fellows and residents that you're teaching oh for sure yeah yeah trying to try to distill the essences of the philosophy of the spirit of the ethos of just sort of you know listening a lot of listening mm-hmm. and a lot of not speaking you know, the less we speak, the more we we learn. And sitting with patients and, and trying to hear what they're saying and seeing what they're saying, because sometimes it's, it's not even related to their foot. Maybe they're like, wow, I'm really stressed out because my wife is sick or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I might lose my job or this injury is really going to have impact at work and I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that. And that's all. I would love to say it's me, but it's not. It's Bill. Well, I interviewed Tony Gonzalez, the great Hall of Fame tight end, once, and I asked him, as you're running down the field for the Kansas City Chiefs, Tony, whose voice do you hear in your head? Do you hear the Kansas City Chief coach, Andy Reid? Do you hear your college coach? Do you hear your high? Whose voice do you hear when you're running down the field? And he said, I hear my high school coach. I go back to the very first time someone told me what to do and stays with you. And I got to tell you, yesterday in the operating room, doing my hip surgery, using the Steinman pin right millimeters from the sciatic nerve to perfectly measure leg lengths in this case, wiping the femoral neck with bone wax so it doesn't bleed. Every time I do these moves where I do them because I was taught that by my teachers, particularly Ranawat, it's this warm, fuzzy feeling that you get when you connect to where the beginning was and where you were in the beginning 16,000 surgeries later. I still go back to that. Do you find yourself hearing and feeling William Hamilton in your head all these years later? Oh, it's, it's definitely a voice. It's so much a voice that you, until you pause and sit back, you don't realize that it's really become part of you. Um, wow. For example, the, the phrase that, I mean, I probably say, you know, several times in the operating room, hug bone, don't cut anything round. <laughs> so in this case, 
surgery, you just sort of hug on the, stay on the bone, and you don't cut the tendon and the artery and the nerve, and you'll be good. Mm. And it's sort of that little pep talk you need before you're doing complex surgery in dangerous areas. Yep. You just say, well, hug bone, don't cut anything around. And I say it to myself. My fellows and residents say it to me and to themselves. And that all is Bill. And I don't even realize it's Bill until I think about it and stop to think about it. Let me tell you something. We're blessed to have you running around taking care of us. We're blessed that Bill Hamilton was able to teach you. And nobody really exemplifies the idea of handing down knowledge better than you. And Bill Hamilton, for me, when I saw that he passed away, I just felt like I have to somehow memorialize this guy because nobody celebrates teachers enough in our society. And to me, that's the ultimate thing you can do with your life. So thanks, Tim, for making time to get up early to be with us. I really appreciate it. We all appreciate it. It's my pleasure, and, it, and it's so wonderful to talk about someone so great. His legacy, his words are infamous, and his memory's lasting for sure. A life well lived. I, I wish everyone listening that they uh, they approach their their world in that same way. God bless you. And have fun at Handel's Ice Cream today with your kids after you play tennis. God bless you, Tim Charlton. <laughs> Likewise. I love Handel's. <laughs> All right. That's the great Timothy Charlton, one of the best foot and ankle surgeons in this city at Cedar sinai operating alongside me in a different room every Friday. I love it. All right, Warriors, I'll take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN.